Welcome to Between Product and Partnerships, a podcast focused on bringing together product, partnership, and engineering leaders to discuss how to build, support, and scale SaaS ecosystems. Presented by the SaaS Ecosystem Alliance and sponsored by Pandium, an integration platform and marketplace for ecosystems. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in. For those of you that are new to our podcast, welcome. I'm Liz Garcia. I'm one of the community managers for the SaaS Ecosystem Alliance, and I'm also on the marketing team at Pandium. Today, I'm speaking with Rish Bandari. He's the founder and CEO of Content Beta, which is a content studio for B2B SaaS companies. Thank you for being with us today. Rish, uh, can you tell us a bit about your background and Content Beta? Thank you, Liz. Thanks for um, having me on this podcast. Uh, so I run Content Beta. We are a media production studio for B2B SaaS. We work with uh, close to 80 SaaS now, now to help them with content for product marketing and customer education stuff like videos, podcasts, um, like designs. So we work with 80 plus B2B SaaS to help them with product content for product marketing and customer education. Uh, most common problems with SaaS marketers come to us that, hey, our product is great, but how do I communicate that to the audience? Or uh, we just launched an integration, how do I launch this? Uh, what kind of content do I use? What kind of content do I use different stages of product? But before we jump onto those, really love to learn what uh, questions Liz has for them. Oh, uh, so yeah, so to talk a little bit more um, about like you know content beta and what you work with, and to frame the conversation, how why should content and video marketing be a strategic priority for SaaS companies, and where do you suggest that they start with creating video content? Uh, content and SEO. I mean, nobody needs education. How valuable they are, and it's. Uh, and most SaaS will always agree that uh, the earlier you invest is better. Uh, now, content is multiple mediums, right? It could be audio, could be like how you're recording right now, could be text, which is blogs, which which get you more organic traffic, and videos, which which is also getting which is getting more attention from Google search engines these days. Uh, so that's a kind of uh, mediums through which we can think about content. Now, now in the world of software industry, um, creating a product from scratch, I think you'll see tons of other options on, on AppSumo or SaaS Mantra where people copy some somebody else's product, even maybe the user interface directly. But what you can't copy is the way they acquire users, the way they onboard users, the way they, they uh, make their users adopt their product. And I think content plays uh, one of the key role in in these areas. Um, another part is um, in, in uh, the world of scarce attention span where, where people are no longer wants to read long form content. It could be long form blogs or long form videos. I think uh, uh, short form engaging content is coming, picking up pace, right? And uh, non-textual content, which is more visual content is definitely more more engaging and more effective. Um, it also adds more uh, trust to your own brand as compared to just text. Um, Decision-making for SaaS is no longer around feature, right? So if I am trying to uh, adopt a SaaS or make a purchase decision for SaaS, my focus is more around uh, the overall experience and how the support is as a customer. And when I see a lot of self-serve content, uh, I think I think I'm excited as a uh, as a 
prospect that hey this software could help you um where would you can we talk a little bit more about where SaaS companies can start with uh, video their video marketing strategy a lot of big companies like intercom hubspot hf they have their in-house team right a lot of mid-scale companies they would go to agencies but if you're a startup and if you don't have budgets i think the great way to start with your uh with your content marketing video content marketing is using no no marketing right uh, if you're a founder just just see which of your blogs are performing and uh, uh create a video content around that with really cool advice or something more tactical uh, than what you've written in the blog and publish it on YouTube. YouTube will give you more a more, more weightage to your blog with a video embed than just a textual blog. And probably your video will land on a higher ranking than your existing blog. So I think that's that's one way on, on the marketing side. On the how-to side, uh, this is the most common example which you see is creating new how-to videos. And I understand that, hey, I'm not a, I'm not an instructor or not a teacher. How do I teach it? My, my advice is just write, write down a script. Right? Because when you write it down, although the product is in your head, but when you write it down, it's clearer in terms of how you should sequence your ideas or your uh, dialogues to make sure that the your goal is met or the video is effective. So I think uh, starting with Loom is pretty good. But one thing which I, which I see uh, increasingly um, where people are paying attention is the production quality. So invest in a good microphone, invest in a in a in a place where there is no background noise because there are lots of apps like Crisp AI which will mute your background sound. So invest in tools and technologies so that you could improve your production quality because in this world today, you know how many videos are being uploaded on YouTube every second. Your content will be lost. If your content quality is substandard, uh, your audience won't respect it because, uh, excuse me, I have something else to watch instead of this uh, crappy quality content. Uh, so yeah, so invest in tools and technologies to make sure that you go, I understand you don't want to go towards agency standard, but even if you want to go to a good production quality, just, just go there. Yeah, and, and to dig a little bit into, you know, what you were talking about as far as, you know, content being a vessel to like, to get customers to engage and adopt with a product. I did I did listen to your interview with Benjamin Bowman, where you talked about how marketing, um, uh, video marketing in the middle of the funnel is a gap that you noticed. Um, so I wanted to ask you about, you know, how can SaaS companies ensure that their content and their video marketing not only educates their potential customers at the top of the funnel, but how does it translate or how can you get it to translate to more conversions, more sales, and higher product adoption? The problem which I see with uh, content marketing with uh, B2B SaaS today is mostly they're focused on top of the funnel, right? Things like trainer videos, which are mo mostly animated, really good production quality. But the goal of uh, top of the funnel content is only to make your prospect interested in what you do, right? The goal of top of the funnel content is never uh, to give to support your research or support your decision-making process, right, or even adopt uh, your signed-up users. So I think there's a big gap which I see in the uh, middle to bottom of the funnel and even after uh, customer conversion. For instance, um, if if I'm a SaaS and I want to I want to uh, I want to engage my audience in the middle and bottom of the funnel, what I would do is I would showcase uh, different use cases, different features. I would even 
you get more social proof that, hey, this is how my customer is using it. Either they have switched it from some other uh, other software or maybe they would have, uh, they would be doing something else and then they, uh, they, they met this product, right? So I think uh, social proof, use case, features, I think that are pretty important features more in the middle and bottom of the funnel. Um, after conversion, um, how to content, right? Um, but what I see um, on the internet is very uh, typically the founders or the customer success leaders would record a loom video, right? And no attention is uh, paid to script or instructional design. I mean, you are not you are telling about a product and teaching a product are two separate things, right? And the content for teaching is different from, from the content about just telling. And I think uh, those are the two areas where I see there is enough scope for uh, SaaS marketers or SaaS product managers to uh, to scale their content so that they could they could convert and retain their customers. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's really great advice. And you know, I, I recently actually saw this survey by Gartner where it said that seventy seven percent of B2B SaaS buyers like said that their latest purchase was like difficult or complex. And I feel like that type of content, um, especially in the middle of the funnel, makes it easier for buyers to make decisions without necessarily having to request a demo or speak with you face to face every single time that they're, you know, thinking about making a decision on your product. So I think that's definitely great advice. Um, so after you create, so some of the content, you mentioned some examples of different content that you could create in the middle and the bottom, towards the bottom of the funnel. How can, once that's created, how can SaaS companies actually leverage that content after creation? Like what promotional channels would you recommend here? Are there any unique examples that you've seen? So there is no one promotional channel which will work for you because there is different audience. Somebody, it's very similar to how a student learns, right? Somebody learns somebody is an auditory learner, somebody understands by reading, somebody understands by watching. So um, my suggestion would be to be present on every medium, uh, on every channel, right? Because you don't know where, your, how your customer is going to react. If you've already spotted a trend, maybe that you could use that, right? If you've seen that, hey, my customers are mostly researching on uh, social media or maybe they are uh, researching on YouTube, maybe you could be there, but, uh, Generally speaking, I think being present on different channels, and I'm not saying you have to create different content pieces for different channels. You could repurpose the same content and make it suitable for that particular channel. Let's say you, you've recorded this podcast. Now, how do you reuse this, right? So you could A, create, uh, publish this video recording on YouTube. You could extract audio out of it, mix it with some intro, outro, uh, make, a, make a podcast channel on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You could create clips of this conversation, put it up on social media. Could be 30 second clip, could be one minute clip. You could convert, make a transcription, uh, transcribe this podcast, um, and convert it into a blog, right? So that it is indexed by Google search engine, and people could come in uh, if they had a specific question. So there are multiple uh, ways you could repurpose your existing content uh, so that you could be present everywhere on each of the channels. Um, in terms of what I see. Uh, picking up in terms of type of content is content which involves social proof, right? Stuff like uh, testimonial videos or customer videos, right? Or partner videos. Uh, the, the advantage of that is, so as a company, I could say something, a proposition worth 10,000 words, right? 
But if if a customer says same thing in few words, I think that's far more valuable than a company saying it. And uh, I mean, everybody knows the the, the best marketing is social proof. Um, and there is no better social proof than the real face and voice of your customer. So if somehow you could capture your customer's um, conversation uh, in a more storytelling way, so for example, if you switch from a competitor, if you uh, if you have demonstrated a use case for your audience, or if 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 you could you could record a conversation with a client who almost was not going to convert, so maybe he had lots of objections and. Uh, have a conversation about how they solved it and record it, right? And you could you could mix them together to create like social proof content for your for your product, which could be used in middle and bottom of the funnel. No, that that's great advice. And um, for for those testimonial for that testimonial content, that obviously can be leveraged as um, video content and potentially a case study. Any anywhere any way else that that could be utilized or have you seen that be utilized to, to get that out to more people and, and, and showcase that? So there are a couple of more ways. So there could be a long form PDF, right? Uh, normally I, I would recommend to avoid that because in this world, nobody wants to read like a four page of PDFs. So there are videos, you could, you could slice the same conversation into short clips. You could use them on your video ads on social media or even publish on your uh, company's social media profile. You could even uh, make code graphics out of it and publish it everywhere. Uh, you could even convert, like if you have like 10 testimonial videos, right? Uh, you could even create a mashup to show the benefit of your product or maybe a product demo where, which is complemented with social proof. Uh, so I think there are multiple places you could use uh, uh, social media uh, video testimonials. One more thing which I, increasing usage is during prospecting. So uh, especially when somebody is agreed for a conversation or a call and they are they have reservations about joining it or maybe they are busy, you could use social proof to entice them um, to talk to you more, to talk to you about the product. I think so these are the ways uh, I would repurpose my video decision. No, yeah, that uh, those are great examples. I actually saw a social post on LinkedIn recently where someone pointed out this company called uh, the SaaS company called Dooley and they used their testimonial in a really unique way where instead of when you went straight to their landing page instead of just like a random image uh, on their banner they actually used the customer's testimonial with their face so that as soon as the customer went on their website that was one of the first things that they saw and I feel like that was a really great way to you know, have customer testimonials just like front and center as soon as, you know, uh, potential users or customers, uh, you know, go onto your website and see your product. So that, that was something that I saw that was really unique. Um, I really like that. So in terms of content, I mean, I was watching Pete Plaza's uh, webinar yesterday, and I think he said something pretty, pretty uh, interesting. It's easy to, uh, uh, it's far more, 10 times more effective to motivate your audience to try you out versus removing the barriers, right? So, so the way uh, you present your value proposition, um, your benefits, even even your website copy, right? The way the messaging you use to motivate your audience to try out, I think that that makes a difference. Not making a better UX or making a, a better website or something. One hundred percent. 
And to pivot specifically to talking about marketing around technology partnerships and integrations, uh, I know I mentioned um, before that that's where our audience primarily lies. Uh, and so, you know, B2B customers, their tech stacks are getting more complex, right? They're now expecting software to be interoperable with each other. Um, and because of this, technology partnerships, amongst a lot of other things, are starting to be seen as a go-to-market channel as well. Um, and it's particularly a way to get in front of your uh, partners, customers, right, and prospects that are in your ICP. So what advice do you have for marketing integrations and technology partnerships? How is that similar or different to some of the examples that you've already given? Um, and any structures of content that you've seen be successful there? So uh, in terms of technology integrations, I think of them in two perspectives, right? Either you are an ecosystem, for example, you are Shopify or Salesforce or HubSpot, where, uh, where you would integrate with thousands of other apps, right? Or you could be uh, like, a, like a technical product uh, who would integrate with people like HubSpot or Salesforce. And I think the way uh, content is being used for both of them are different. For instance, if I'm a, if I'm a say micro SaaS, right? And uh, let's say I'm Shopify app, uh, let's say Clavio, or 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 if what what lead figure is for HubSpot. So my goal, is, so the way my ICP will discover me is through their app store, uh, most likely the ecosystem app store. Um, and and the way I have to make myself visible is by, by showing that how easy I am to integrate or what is the benefit I'll give you after you integrate me, right? And the content is mostly around uh, technically how, how, how to do something with this app, right? It's more around technical how-to. That's the kind of content which works in the space where you want to be known as, hey, this is a cool app to integrate with my uh, existing app. If I'm an ecosystem, like let's say I'm Shopify um, and, and I want to, what I would do as content marketing, in terms of my content marketing, is I would show different use cases because I'm not trying to capture audience from my uh, integrating app. I'm trying to sell to my existing audience that, hey, you could also do something with Shopify. Um, for example, Google Analytics has to say, that, hey, you could also um, see which, which B2B brands have visited your website and not just the country and the time duration, right? So that's the kind of uh, difference in content which I would say. And it, you know, you brought up um, app marketplaces and, I, you know, these could be either public or an app. And I think, you know, that is also a great channel for marketing integrations and getting your product for, you know, in front of tech partners or in front of new customers. Um, we actually recently released a study where 86% of the 100 largest SaaS companies uh, had at least public facing marketplaces. Um, and we're noticing that that's also becoming, you know, SaaS companies are recognizing the importance of integrations to potential customers and also their current customers. So that kind of um, content that you mentioned as far as like use cases and demonstrating how to actually use the products together is, is super important for that enablement. Um, and also showing that, you know, these products are connected. Um, well, that, that was the last of my questions. Rish, thank you for being with us today and sharing with our audience. Is there anywhere where our audience can connect with you, LinkedIn, Twitter, et cetera? You could find me as Rish Pandari on LinkedIn, or you could reach out to contentbeta.com. Uh, we could help you in your next video request. All right, perfect. Thank you. All right.
Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed the content, subscribe to our channel and give us a thumbs up. If you're someone who is working on building and scaling SaaS product partnerships, we invite you to apply to be a member of our community at sasecosystemalliance.com.